Hello, everybody. I'm Carson Rickey. And I'm Caleb. Welcome to the CNC Podcast. Now, this is the first episode in our new series. On this show, expect deep intellectual conversation among intellectuals on topics ranging from politics, economy, society, school, and student life. Today, as mentioned, I'm joined by my fellow peer, debater, physicist, and focus driver, Caleb. Welcome to the podcast. Caleb. Hi, thank you. Now, today we're in a beautiful park, and even though the weather may feel nice, it, it looks quite bad outside. So. Yeah, absolutely, but hey, it's nice to hang out in a park right after school. Of course, of course. Um, now, for today's discussion, today's you know, first discussion, I guess, on this podcast, yeah. a bit of a political topic, but I think it also has like far-reaching effects in our society and school, and that would be... Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro, of course. Now, for those of you living under a rock for the last 10 years... Ben Shapiro is one of the most well-known figures in right-wing media. He was the youngest syndicated columnist at 17. He attended UCLA and Harvard Law School, and later on he helped found the Daily Wire, a right-wing media news company. And now he serves as editor-in-chief for it and hosts his own daily show, The Ben Shapiro Show. So undoubtedly, Ben is one of the biggest personalities on the right, and that's where I kind of want to start today is with personality politics and when it comes to listening or watching political commentary are people wanting to learn about the political world, challenge their beliefs, or affirm their beliefs with these shows? And how have these personalities, such as Sapiro or Carlson, Hannity, uh, Jones, shaped the political landscape in America and inspired other political content creators? Well, let's just start the fact that I can't believe this guy of all people is went to Harvard and UCLA before me, and not only that, will only be him, as <laughs> I'd love to get that chance, but... He does have a wide range of facts, as you said, or like not range of facts, like range in our society and definitely school. As the right doesn't seem to be growing as much as it did in the 80s, it's, we're going to more of a left state, which is, well, of course, up to you whether that's bad or good, but it is what it is. But as much as what Ben Shapiro said himself, facts don't care about your feelings. So in our politics, and definitely in his eyes, he views that the facts that we all know, that we find logical or real, they don't care about what you well, feel. So what do you think that impact has? Like that quote, like what is he trying to tell us? Like, Well, I, I think Ben's a real like facts and logic guy, yeah. obviously. You know, that's what his whole thing is, destroying, <laughs> destroying positions with facts and logic. And, uh, you know, I won't say I necessarily full-heartedly agree that our whole generation is like snowflakes, you know, that we only care about feelings and not about, you know, real-world issues, and we don't solve issues with real solutions, but I think it definitely is a far-reaching issue that people don't really pay attention to facts, they don't have rational arguments, it's more of, oh, I feel this, I'm going to do that, yeah. or I'm going to respect absolutely everything you say. Yeah, and I get that, because I think it does have like a real, like, there is a real issue in our like state and like country in general, just like, people do care more about the feelings and actual logic, but there's a counterpoint to that, which is, if you were to truly have an actual logical argument, you have to factor in human error, and human error, well, we're feeling creatures, we're empathetic. Yeah. And not saying that we're the only things that do that, but we're also one of the only animals that we know of that is capable of reason. Mm -hmm. So in true reason, wouldn't you have to factor in the feelings? Yeah, of course. So with that whole like quote, I think he does have a point, but is definitely not addressing it properly, which kind of leads me into the second part. <laughs> what is going on with his hashtag owning and like absolute obliteration of other people? Well, you know, I think when it comes to these like political debates that... Um, 
you know, this goes back to like television presidential debates. It's it seems that no matter what side you are on the debate, yeah. especially with social media, everybody comes out of it thinking they demolish it. You know, they, yeah. they beat the other side. Like only one side can exactly. win. Exactly. You know, there's because I think that's what this. You know, well, political commentary and you know commentary shows like this are obviously very one sided. But when they do have guests on and when they're debating things. Um, I think instead of a competition of oh who can beat the other side, who can best the other um, position, it should be of can we agree on something enough to where we can enact real legislation or have real ideas of how to change positively. Oh, and absolutely, because the way we do it is not only ineffective, mm-hmm. it pulls on the fact of America's growing extremism. Yeah. Like as I said before, the right really isn't growing, but the far right is, mm-hmm. and this is kind of separate. Uh, becoming a separation in America, which, well, I'll just say it all right in my own opinion, I yeah. don't think is good. And with that, it's like, it's a, it's a growing present issue, which I feel like he is not only a key figure in manipulating and making money off of it and whatnot, but is a problem in of itself. He's addressing problems while being the problem, which really brings an effect on our school, and brings an effect on our society, which not only clouds people's judgment yeah. and clouds people's like thoughts as well as we just said mm-hmm. one side has to win yeah. because we can't agree and compromises well compromise doesn't normally mm-hmm. work because i don't what do you think that is why do you think compromise doesn't work i feel like especially when it comes to politics mm-hmm. and even life in general when people take a position on an issue either subconsciously or consciously they their whole life you know their whole daily purpose is to fulfill that goal mm-hmm. you know people when it comes to like internet searches and things they yeah. search for stuff that affirms their belief you know so it's like instead of which candidate should i choose it's why should i choose to vote for so it's everybody's uh, unconscious self-bias which yes. everybody has which mm-hmm. you know you always have to address and come over so is it the fact that people are too prideful is it ego much like ben shapiro's mm-hmm. i mean i think it's partially an ego thing of you know, everybody wants to be right. Mm-hmm. Nobody nobody wants to be wrong. And nobody wants to be on the wrong side of history. Exactly. And it's like, it's much, even now in modern culture, where we have everything at our fingertips, which Ben Shapiro himself like yeah. uses, we also learn a lot about history and how basically everybody wants to be on the right side because, well, if you're in the wrong, mm-hmm. we, vi- we villainize them. Yes, of course. And... Where, where do you think that leaves Ben Shapiro? Well, I guess we should more talk about what he has done. So, he's the da- Daily Wire. What is the Daily Wire? Let's explain that. Um, Daily Wire, I I would call it a like small-time news company, even though they are you know have a far-reaching effects compared to like Fox News, yeah. CNN, obviously very small. And they focus a lot more on heavily opinionated uh, political mm-hmm. um, columns, political shows, rather than actual news sources. Like, very rarely do they have... You know, weather, obviously no weather, but, you know, it's strictly right politics. I see. And so in this show, he just brings up his topics, his Mm -hmm. own personal opinions. I I remember watching a clip um, about how he was talking about absolutely ridiculous things. I actually have a quote here pulled up. When someone calls you a racist, sexist, bigot, homophobe, because you happen to disagree with them about tax policy or same-sex marriage or abortion, that's bullying. And he goes on more about this thing, like, end quote. He talks about slandering, about labels, attacking. And it really makes me think, isn't he doing the same? I think so. Um, you know, he definitely, 
like his TikTok series, he he's very harsh with these people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's very, you're absolutely wrong, I'm absolutely right. <laughs> and when it comes to, you know, Democratic politicians or even like independents, and I guess, you know, to further that, like Republicans who sometimes cross the aisle, it's like, oh, no, you can't do that. It's, yeah. you know, it's, you know, hard right only. Propaganda almost. Yeah. And what comes with that is these labels. So is he more... Are we going to view his content as, like, bullying, like, the ways of, like, on YouTube, how, like, iDubbbz used to be, yeah. like, Filthy Frank, like, those kind of, or, if you know who Leafy is, mm. like, people who just get views and farm people for... Yeah. Well, I, I think it's definitely that case, because, you know, his most mm. popular series, all these, like, TikTok reaction videos, yeah. where he, you know, it often shows the very, very far left, or, you know, these tiny communities, sub-communities yeah, of communities... Yeah that the majority of the population most likely won't agree with, and he kind of piggybacks onto that to just bury him farther into the ground. So then, <laughs> why doesn't he? Like, what? the whole point of America, pol American politics is winning over the majority. Even though the Electoral College exists, you still want the majority. Of course. So why would you go after the minority, not, not specifically minorities of race, but minorities of political views, well, if I'm right? I mean, I think both sides are kind of at fault for this. It's mm -hmm. always, um, you know, America, I guess even throughout its history, but especially now, it's always pushing people to the far left, far right. So, you know, when it comes to, like, Ben Shapiro and these shows, they're going to be attacking the super far left, the, you know, the anti-fascists, the yeah. communists, the LGBTQ communities and yeah. schools, things like that. Because they can point to that and say, oh, look how bad this is, because, you know, a majority of Americans are probably going to say, oh, riots in the street are bad. So yeah. they're going to piggyback off that. Where the Democrats might say, oh, you know, school shooting. You know, gun rights and yeah. they're going to piggyback off that majority of Americans would say well obviously shooting schools up is bad and we should you know do action about it so in his arguments and the world arguments is it more a correlation or causation what do you think um I guess when it comes to politics it's correlation, correlation. it's just you know these people represent the left when it's you know just a vast minority it's very finite in a way mm -hmm. it's like very restrictive mm -hmm. and which Ben Shapiro himself just absolutely uses. Like, if you've, you, the audience, have you ever just seen any sort of, like, clips from him? He always, well, as it was before, was, ha like, just hashtag own them. That's always what he used, even on his Twitter and whatnot. It was a way of just obliterating. It's like just complete, just complete, utter domination. Yeah, I guess you could say that. And is this the form, like, the formation of, the new, like, of a new right, in a way? Is, like, he, like, a modder or something? Um, I wouldn't say they're forming, like, a new political party, mm -hmm. but it's it's definitely a departure from some of the Republican tactics in the past, I think. Yeah. You know, especially coming out of... I think Reagan was probably the biggest change for the Republican Party. Um, Nixon was before that. But, yeah. you know, now it's all about, you know, less government, less taxes, yeah. big military spending, and, you know, just kind of one-sided politics. And it's funny, I actually hear in a quote from Goodreads I found and from Ben Shapiro. He says, Ronald Reagan, yeah, Ronald Reagan was not a god. He didn't himself have said that. Don't follow people, follow principle. Mm. Isn't that kind of ironic as he's a giant personality who uses extremism to his own? I mean, a little bit. Uh, you know, especially going back to Reagan, it's the Republican Party the last... 20 years since Reagan passed away has been, oh, we're the party of Reagan. Yeah. Because, you know, there's still a lot of old people around that voted for Reagan. And, and then Y2K hit. And yeah. It's, it's a little bit different. You know. But, I, you know, I think I definitely agree with that. Mm -hmm. Same. Yeah, no, I'm just, like, reading all through his quotes on this thing I, on Goodreads I found. It's like, 
Is it almost idiotic of what he says? I mean, I don't think it's completely idiotic. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, there has to be some truth to it for so many people that believe it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and, you know, every... No matter what side of the aisle you're on, every party brings up good points. I absolutely. You know, because I think there's there's universal issues for everybody, mm-hmm. and the only difference is how we attempt to solve it. Exactly, which I think is what people really don't realize is how similar the Republican and Democratic yeah. Party are. Because they focus not only on the same issues, but also almost use the same principles. Exactly. It's just a matter of how they go about it. Mm-hmm. And specifically Ben Shapiro and how he handles it is complete domination. Which has its perks. <laughs> I guess. Um, do you want to go a little bit away from Ben Shapiro into something else? But still... Yeah, let's uh, let's, let's keep on this political right, track right, real so, quick. I mean, I'll, um, I guess a little bit of a different direction. Many, many right-wing organizations and personalities are shifting their focus and energy onto, like, college students and youth. Yes. So organizations like TPUSA, uh, Young Americans for Liberty, and speakers such as Shapiro, Walsh, or Knowles, you know, they're specifically speaking to college students. So I guess it's like a two-part question. Do you believe that colleges and educational institutions are like leftist-leaning and trying to convert people? Have you experienced any of that? And is their strategy of targeting the you know, quote-unquote source of liberal ideas uh, going to work for the future of their party? Uh, well, I'll focus on the first question. Um, yes, I ha- I do believe this, but I also believe there are right institutions. And I also believe... Uh, actually, yes, I have experienced this. So, all of my own experience. I, the American Legion reached out to me recently. I was supposed to go do the little camp, and their original foundation was literally the Nazi party. They were an American fascist party. And the only reason why they swamped is because... Well, not fascist after yeah. that died in 1945. <laughs> and it was a decolonization period. And so basically it came to the American Legion to support of veterans and continue conservative America, which they're trying to not lean towards anymore. As um, I'll go off my friend Jared, who did get accepted. He is a gay Filipino man. And coming from it, that does not seem to fit the WASP demographic of right side. But that's really the only organizers have reached out to me um, for that sort of like leaning thing. Like I do believe, like for instance, UC Berkeley. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's absolutely left school. Yes. I mean, <laughs> every day or registration is it where they have like the pig's blood like fountain? Have you? Uh, I, don't... <laughs> I was being told a story about this where yeah. the vegans there all, mm-hmm. every registration to like get the freshmen on their side mm-hmm. will have this whole outing where they will turn the um, fountain into pig's blood to show like hey, don't do this, mm-hmm. um, don't eat meat, which I found very interesting. But in a way of, like, institutions, I do believe yeah. they're leaning. Uh, absolutely, I mean, everything has bias, as mm-hmm. we said before. And it's more important to a individual, like, principle to see through that bias. Like, it's okay being a right person going to UC Berkeley or being a leftist who mm-hmm. goes to, like, I don't know, UTech, or yeah. Yeah, Texas Tech. Yep. Like, obviously, Texas Tech is going to be right. It's in the heart of Texas. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I think it's nor it's not bad nor good. It it is because I mean, how are we how are we supposed to fix that as people? Mm-hmm. And what, what was the second part again? I forgot. Sorry. Uh, well, I mean, I'll I'll put my own point in this. Uh, I think when it comes to colleges, mm-hmm. uh, like you said, it kind of depends on the area of the college. Yeah. But I feel you know, going on these college campus tours or seeing videos. Yeah. You're going to see a lot more pride flags. You're going to see a lot more Biden-Harris flags. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe an anti-fascist flag or a communist flag. Mm-hmm. But rarely, if ever, are you going to see a you know Trump flag, a pro-America flag. Yeah. 
something like that. And I feel like these college campuses are kind of, um, you know, either the administration or the student body mm-hmm. are either pressuring or outright banning some of these, you know, flags or displays of, you know, patriotism or political ideology, you know, for a certain sect of people. Well, as we turn more into the 21st century, we're slowly starting to go away from, which is strange, we are and we aren't, from a world order. Because mm-hmm. at the same time, globalization is coming into effect, but not in the nationalist way we appeared mm-hmm. from before. We're turning in almost almost a new leaf, if that makes any yeah. sense, of how we go about dealing with people. Because though there are a fraction of the population, the mm-hmm. LGBT community is very impactful because they all have voices. Mm-hmm. That's the most thing in American politics, is that people who have the last voices receive the most treatment. Exactly. And with that, it's like, well, obviously the rich and educated are going to go to these colleges. Mm-hmm. Um, with becoming of colleges now who have, like, Sec, um, certain requirements of certain genders of certain um, races it grow, it's not a growing issue but it's a growing consequence not in a negative connotation just it is of more diversity and this diversity is going to bring in more people and new ideas that we never had before which is not good nor bad it just is and that's not something that needs to be fixed necessarily it's not, it's not a problem or a growing issue it's mm-hmm. more of a shift in American society. I think it's like the greatest way to point this new change in leftist ideals. Because maybe not even left is how you describe it. Is it like the second enlightenment even? Maybe. Hmm. Like much like the original enlightenment in like late 1600s, early 1700s. It was like, ah, maybe (laughs) maybe equality's not too bad. I think um, you know, first enlightenment was let's stop following the church yeah. let's start thinking for ourselves mm-hmm. look around at nature and you know come up to conclusion with that where i think as the period we're in right now is don't trust the government don't yeah. trust the establishment listen to your feelings um you know listen to what what emotions and thoughts are going inside you and then come to conclusions that based bird on blue? That. i'm sorry to yeah, interrupt that is, that's that is. crazy that is such a rare thing to see in nature yeah it's beautiful but, um, no, yeah, I completely agree. It was more of a, like, Martin Luther, uh, not <laughs> MLK, but Martin Luther, yeah. who had his thes- uh, thesis statements and was like, hey, maybe we should have separation of church and state. Which, actually, let's let's go into that real quick. Okay. Do you truly believe American society has separation of church and state? I don't believe our society does. So, I mean, government, sorry. Government. So, society, it's impossible for mm. that to happen. Of course, of course. I think for the government, it's very hard to mm-hmm. to have separation of church and state. Uh, like I'll, I'll bring up Britain. Yeah. So, like, England has a parliament. Mm-hmm. That is their government. However, England also has a national or a state church, mm-hmm. you know, the Church of England, obviously. Um, now, until recently, every, you know, pretty much everybody in Britain had to be a member of the Church of England and certainly in politics. Mm-hmm. But... Now that's not the case anymore. You know, obviously there's Indians, Hindus, Sikhs, Muslims, mm-hmm. Jewish. You know, all all kinds of faith and creed. Yeah, that should be right. Exactly, <laughs> but um, you know, I think American government. We've always obviously never had that. It's always been religious freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, politicians. You know, no matter how poorly we think of them, they are still absolutely. people. Yeah. And the vast majority of them are, you know, men of faith. Um, you know, follow some religion, albeit different ones, but their decision-making is still going to be, you know, partially, if not wholly, based on their religious mm. beliefs. And, you know, some candidates, they run on that. You yeah. know, especially in, like, South or Midwest, they'll be, oh, you know, 
absolutely. Such candidates are family man, a man of God, yeah. you know, follows the Bible and stuff. And then, you know, there's or no even the man of his country. Exactly. Like, oh, he served like Eisenhower. Yeah. Or like how Reagan had his little Southern strategy of like, well, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm for the people. Like, yeah. you know, and I think obviously this will not go into the whole abortion debate, but that's certainly yeah. the best example of it is like state. to not go into specifics, but Roe v. Wade is the perfect thing of one side believe had their beliefs from religious mm-hmm. and the other side came from would say feminist views is that like the best way to describe pa- it partially feminist because yeah. i do know some women who are like oh absolutely no woman should not yeah which hmm, I, I guess feminist views is the best way like mm-hmm. women having control of their body exactly and of course we as two white men <laughs> have no right to speak on this topic it is the best modern version of that i think like absolutely i mean um besides florida hasn't florida been trying to pass like what was the thing with mexico and florida have you heard anything about that no i know they were trying to shuffle around migrants a lot Mm -hmm. but um yeah and let's go on let's go down the rabbit hole real second okay of course immigration why is it the right specifically is trying Mm -hmm. to get rid of people what do you mean by get rid of people? Well, obviously you had Trump, his whole mm-hmm. build a wall campaign, yeah. which I think was more of a outrageous extremist thing to try and as like a war cry almost. Because mm-hmm. I don't think that was his true intention, but for some reason he mm-hmm. viewed it that way. But it's always anti-immigration. What what is the stigma behind immigration, and why is it bad? Um, Qu- quote, air quotes yeah. bad. Well, I mean throughout all of American history, the people that are born here or live here you know they've always kind of feared outside influence mm-hmm. in our borders you know nativists and stuff like that um i think it's just like an overall fear um mm-hmm. that these you know right-wing uh, politicians and commentators are playing off of it's a fear of losing jobs fear of crime fear of social bills mm-hmm. you know all these social programs to fund these things yeah uh you know look at new york they their plan right now is to literally close off streets and set up migrant shelter homes. Actually, so they're gonna they're gonna take, um, you know, whether illegal or not legal, mm. they're gonna take these migrants from Mexico and obviously other parts of uh, yeah. South America and the Caribbean, and they're gonna bus them to New York and put them in migrant shelters in in the downtown New York. So I guess this is the question of, do we put these people's you know, well-being over our own ability to navigate through our city and conduct civil business. Uh, that's that is good because well, there's also an ethical standpoint. Is it really ethical to force ethnic en- enclaves like that? Yeah, because that's, that's how that's stigmatization of like systematic racism mm-hmm. right there. Like there is good intention, but with everything, is there really good intention? Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, and certainly, you know, I mean, illegal immigration being probably one of the biggest issues. Um, Certainly the last election, um, probably the next presidential election. Yeah, I would assume with how much it's coming up recently. Exactly. It, you know, it's been in the news everywhere, both sides even. Yeah. You know, and they have to admit that the amount of illegal and legal migration over the last two years has been astronomical. Yeah. And I think, you know, going back to the fear, it's, you know, there's millions of people coming into our border. Many of them yeah. no histories, yeah. don't know anything about them. And now they're going to be heavily reliant on social services you know, their children are going to go to our schools. Yeah. Um, they're going to have to eat our food. We're going to have to shelter them somehow, yeah. some way. And I think it's, you know, it's just, that's a lot of money. Yeah. That's a lot of jobs that these people are going to have, you know, whether we need them or not. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just a, a burden on the system. 
It is a burden on the system. Uh, but I think that's to come because America has, like, made itself against uh, George Washington's wishes as a world order, as a safe haven. Mm-hmm. I mean, truly, it, I mean, in a way it is, in a way it isn't, you know. I'm sorry, I'm so focused on this bluebird right now. <laughs> Going back to colleges. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, we kind of left yeah. that topic, but yeah. do you think that, um, like, college students and Mm-hmm. You know, even high school students and these speakers and companies going towards, you know, is this a right direction for either side politically to, you know, gain in numbers and ideas? I, the simple answer is yes and no, but I think the long-term answer is yes, but they have to change, how, or no, how they're going about it. I agree with the idea, but not how they're going about it. I believe making these restrictions of people based off of their um, gender and race is just further making systematic racism, even though they're doing it to increase equality or increase equality. I believe it's not good because, well, I'll look at myself for instance. Yeah, I am not the smartest. I wish I was. <laughs> I am taking all the APs I can, extracurriculars, but my chances of getting to Harvard, UCLA, Stanford, Yale, well, they're quite slim. Mm-hmm. But then it comes to the fact: well, what if I was qualified? Yeah. What if I was coming down to the wire? And I'm like one of the finalists. I am on a whitelist right mm-hmm. now. Well, it's going to come down to the fact, well, how many people applied? Yeah. Well, the majority of them are going to be predominantly Asian or yeah. American. Or not, uh, white. Yeah, Asian-American, white. <laughs> Asian-American and then um, white. Mm-hmm. And so that would limit my own personal chances, but that's not my fault. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of taking power away from me. I but, so. of course, it's a very specific thing only to me. Mm-hmm. As... I think it's right to deal with the fact that Americans have forced people down for Mm -hmm. centuries, that this is a good way of getting higher education to other people, but I think how they're doing it is not okay. That makes sense. Like, do you agree? I mean, I would agree. I don't... MLK believed in a colorless society that didn't see color, and uh, any sort of racial prejudice... You know, for anybody is off. You know, it's going to sow resentment somehow, yeah. somewhere. So I think, you know, I definitely agree with you that when they accept people strictly based on you know their background, mm-hmm. their race, gender, um, I don't think that does good for anybody. No. Um, you know, certainly the people that don't get rejected, but even for them, you know, it's. I mean, I've never experienced a situation like that, but yeah. if I. If somebody told me that I got a job over somebody else because I was a white man, I would probably not like that. No, I'd be absolutely furious because it, that's yeah. not in my control. Exactly. Like, I would rather be based off my ability, based off of mm-hmm. my... Yeah. Oh, even personality at that point. Because I know some jobs will hire you based exactly. off if you're confident, if you're friendly. Or colleges will be like, whoa, they wrote their uh, essay pretty well talking about this really niche topic. Yeah. Like. That, I believe, is how we should base a society off of, like, yeah. oh, what is that system called? Meritocracy. Meritocracy. I believe that should be our society, not yeah. how we have it now, the status quo. I mean, I mean the- as we get closer to becoming in college, yeah. I think it is a very more present issue than people might think, because as we grow in higher education, well, the people in the higher education are going to be our leaders, mm-hmm. whether they want to be or not. And it is a more present issue than I think people get I think I think college years are certainly formative years for individuals, you know, and even high school. And, you know, when these people, these groups come to colleges to speak on, you know, very political issues, yeah. 
that, you know, I think it's good for them to have representation from both, yeah. um, both sides, because I think college students should be able to hear both sides. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing with American society is, you know, like we said earlier, people often like to listen to stuff they agree with. Because it's easier. It's, it's easier. It boosts your self-confidence. So I think it's, you know, it's a harsh reality we all have to face, but especially college students that, you know, no matter how poignant you are on an issue, you have mm-hmm. to listen to the other side and hopefully incorporate some of their arguments into your ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we're all human, so yeah. eventually our biases are going to overtake us, but I think it's good just having the opportunity and taking it, because yeah. I am I am personally an opportunist. I believe everybody mm-hmm. should be. Like, no matter what, just take the step, even if you're afraid. It's good for you. Of course. And when these college students aren't, because, I mean, it's not okay to do it, but, like, it, it is what it mm-hmm. is. Like, I we can't change people for being people, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no matter how much I wish we could, it's... It sucks, and I wish, or I hope to change, um, vote me president, I don't know, like 2050, um, to change that. And, but how would you, how could we go about changing that? Changing stigmatization, changing, okay, we can't change their beliefs, yeah. but changing opportunities. I mean, you know, I think it's just having more open conversations, mm-hmm. because often, you know, whether I'm watching on YouTube or listening to podcasts or something, yeah. it's whenever they like bring groups of people together that maybe don't have similar ideologies they like straight away tell them this is the left this is the right you know come in the middle and talk yeah but i think you know we should kind of be more (laughs) ambiguous in our views um towards other people it's um you know just come together have an issue start talking about it and instead of just straight up choosing a side we gotta um you know pick something central that we can all agree on Exactly. But it, it is very difficult to change human nature, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, I guess another thing with college students is, um, like, the frontal lobe development. Nah, like, yeah. So, because oh, I was going to bring up the fact that, like, these are the most important years. Exactly. Like, we say that it's, like, high school, but mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't really think so. I think those who have the opportunity to go to college will truly find mm-hmm. themselves. Exactly. Because whether they go away from family or they don't, it's still a different experience mm-hmm. because you're in a like-mind group of people who are just yes. like you. Or completely different. Yeah. High school, there's always stigmas. There's always cliques, mm-hmm. which, of course, colleges have. Yeah. But there's always more opportunity to have these people who are going to push you, who are not just going to lay back and not care. They're going to be there for you. For sure. And I think since you know our frontal robes aren't fully developed yet, I think it is yeah. important for these opportunities. Just piggybacking off that, uh, one of the Republican people in the running for president uh ramaswamy mm-hmm. he wants to raise the voting age to 25 i mean he, ci- he cites yeah. a number of issues but I-, I was just thinking like your opinion on that um i'm gonna i'm gonna ask a, c- a counter question of, that. of course of course do you think we should have an age limit to voting yes okay then this will direct my argument mm-hmm. i agree i think we should definitely with how we've been acting like with, let's look at the freshmen, for instance, yeah. and how they've been yep, acting. Yep, yep. You think they should be able to own a gun and, yeah. like, vote and fucking mm-hmm. drink? Yeah. <laughs> like, they shouldn't. Absolutely not. I mean, that's not going to stop them, obviously, mm. with how they've been raiding the bathrooms. <laughs> but it's... <laughs> it's it's a, fair, it's a fair argument, I believe. Not only is it a fair argument, I think it should be looked at from both sides, I think. The, definitely the left should be like, hey, maybe we should consider this and have talks. Like, even just 21. Mm-hmm. Because, well, what, I'm 17. How old are you? 
I'm 16. You're 16. But, you know, it's like, you know, when you're 18, basically the only things that come to you is you're dependent, you can serve in the military, but now you can vote. Yeah. But you can't drink, you can't buy cigarettes, can't gamble in most states. Yeah. You know, it, it seems to me that, you know, when people graduate high school, most of them don't even know what they're going to do for jobs. Oh, you know, even the ones graduating college. Yeah. You know, your frontal lobe's still developing, your political ideas are you know, all over the place, perhaps. Oh, yeah, and definitely because you used to be an adult, so yeah. now you're your own person, where, because, what is it, like, 60%, 80 to 80% of, like, people who come from a certain side of that family stick with that idea, mm-hmm. because it's a nurture thing. Yeah. And when you give people the time, like, what, a seven-year, yeah. seven-year span to think about it, well, it allows them to vote. And, well, let's go to this. We should have an age limit, you agree, yes. Yeah, I think we should have age limit on voting and also politicians. Mm. Yeah. I agree. Okay, yeah. That's, I was going to bring that up mm. later, but what age? Like, do you... I know this is just coming from opinion, I mean, but... I mean, it would definitely be dependent on... Uh, I mean, there would probably be research done into it. So yeah. I'm just looking at, like, retirement age is 60. 60? Oh, is, it, is it 65? 60, oh, it might be 65 now. Yeah. Um, I mean, it depends on the job, but yeah. I think federally it might be 65. Uh, and then with the average lifespan in America is, like, 78, 79. Mm-hmm. So, I guess looking at those numbers, I would probably, like, say 80. 80? And then, you know, when you look at politicians, I mean, you know, Joe Biden's 79 now. Yeah. Dianne Feinstein's 89. Nancy Pelosi's. Pelosi's up there. A thousand. <laughs> you know, it's, um, you know, I think it's, you know, it's not, like, you know, voter suppression way back when was like, oh, mental aptitude yeah, and stuff no, like uh, that. Yeah, it's not like a rain test, like, yeah, back but, in the 60s. you know, it, it should... I think there should be age limits on that kind of stuff, but again, like research to follow polls, yeah. and it would certainly require an amendment to the Constitution. Oh, absolutely, because then, much like gender and sex and race, it is biased mm-hmm. because well, you can't control aging, yeah. not yet at least. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I I don't think it is right that people who sit in Congress and the Senate and just rot in their chair. Yeah. It's why uh, in speech and debate when I was in congressional. So basically, you act as a congressman, for those who don't know. I wrote a bill about having term limits for legislators and um, congressmen. Because I truly believe, like, we should get fresh meat. We should see what truly is the representation. Because in a democracy, you want everybody's opinion. Not an opinion of someone who has the connections from it. So not only would it, like, lower corruption, but, like, change the fact that it is important to see what the old people have to say. Because... Well, how are they going to be in control of their, like, um, social security, their retirement funds, mm-hmm. and whatnot? Because, I mean, you can't take care of yourself after a certain time. Yep. And it's, like, much like children. Well, they literally revert back to being a child without to, like, have their, you yeah. know, butts wived and being taken care of. It's, like, it needs... It, I think it should be fixed, definitely. I guess, uh kind of close out the conversation maybe you know going off where we've been going yeah uh, do you think like politics political commentary such as mm. Ben Shapiro is it like a necessary part of life or can we truly live in like a harmonious society where we can agree to disagree yeah but come together enough to fix the major issues I think it is necessary because not that extremism is needed, but it's going to be wanted. Yes. So, and people, much like we were talking about before, and like Ben Shapiro thinks that facts don't care about your feelings, I believe feelings do care about the facts. 
facts mm-hmm. because well we're always going to see each other through bias we're going to see it through perspective and we're going to have our own thoughts so this political commentary is this people well, much like even this is kind of political commentary yeah. even though it's some satire it's fair it's we, we have a fair argument it's needed because people need to consider it they need to hear other people like let's say you're just making a decision right mm-hmm. and it's an important one like let's say you're deciding on what college to go to okay. what to graduate well you're going to want to confide in people you're going to want to ask professionals teachers mm-hmm. your peers your parents you're going to be like well this is what i want but i don't know if this is right or this is also what i kind of want we as a society i know it's kind of sound like a joker <laughs> but <laughs> we need to confide in people we need to hear what other people have to say which is I believe a good thing. There's not a, oh, it is what it is. It is a good thing. This is how we survived for 300,000 years as a species. We need it so we can come to conclusions. And is it necessary? Yes, but it's unwarranted, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, I don't want to be scrolling through it and just see, like, right side KKK, yeah. like, fascist propaganda. Like, that's not something I'm interested in. And of course, left side, the propaganda too. It's like, it's necessary in how we formed our society, which can always be reformed. But with mm-hmm. how life is right now, I think it should stay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I would agree with that. Um, you know, for all of humanity, it's just been about our differences. Yeah. And I think no matter how far we get, um, you know, those internal biases like we've yeah. been talking about, they're just always going to be there. And no matter how much work we get done, there always will be differences. Because yeah, you know, yeah. different cl- uh, climates, different homes, mm-hmm. different social lives. Mm-hmm. There's so many different things that make each individual unique yeah. with their own set of political beliefs. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, for the foreseeable future, unless some, you know, super powerful, all-controlling, iron-fisted government comes in. <coughs> yeah, that... Uh, yeah. uh, yeah I think politics is just you know it's part of life we have to live with it you know we adapt with it yeah Um, you know I guess it's up to you whether you bring it in into conversation or not Uh, you know I tend to try and steer away from politics as much as possible and like uh, my my, my father will reject it like he won't vote and Mm -hmm. it's a totally fair assumption if you don't want to represent somebody that's fine and it's interesting because now is it the not that it hasn't always been toxic, but as it grows more toxic with yeah. the amount of people who have access to talking about it. With misinformation, with real information. It is something we need to consider. And I think definitely with people, specifically like Ben Shapiro, we need to be aware of. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, well, I think that about does it. Yeah, I mean... Thank you, Caleb, so much yes. for joining us today. I appreciate it, guys. Beautiful sky, beautiful yeah. weather. Great intellectual conversation among Absolutely. intellectuals. Uh, so everybody listening, make sure to stay uh, tuned for future updates. Follow the podcast and our Instagram page once this goes up at cnc.pod. And have a Shapiro day. See you. <laughs>